And I'm going to be starting off this evening this little series that we're doing on Sunday evenings entitled More to Life. Tonight we're thinking More to Life than Power, but we've got some other titles coming up, More to Life than Money, More to Life than Health, More to Life than Happiness, More to Life than This. So, some great titles there, and I guess the aim of the series is to encourage Christians in their discipleship, but also uh, to help those who are looking into the Christian life to understand something about Christianity. So, great titles uh, to come along and hear or to invite others to. Do keep uh, the Bible open at 2 Corinthians. We'll be back there in a moment. There's a little sheet for taking notes, and I'm going to say a little prayer now and ask God to help us in our time together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, that it is a light unto our path. We pray, please, that you would give us light tonight to see clearly all that you offer in Christ and how you call us to live for him day by day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our heading this evening is, There's More to Life Than Power. So I want to start by talking to you about my weaknesses. I like to go for a run early in the morning so that no one else will see how slow I am. Because it is very important to me that I present well to those around me. And I feel that I am getting older and slower. And so the best time for me to securely go for a run is early, early in the morning before no one else is about. That tells you that I'm getting old. It tells you I'm proud. And it tells you that I like to present well. Then there's some days when I, as a family's minister in the church, just don't feel up to my own family life. When I know and feel that I don't have what it takes, I feel empty or tired before the day has even started. I feel ill-equipped, not up to it. In a word, I feel weak. So we're at the table in the morning with my family having breakfast. We try to read some Bible verses from a little book that we use each morning. We get the book open and we don't even get to the verse because suddenly that morning all the kids want to do is just ask questions. At once, all together. It's not how I planned it and it feels like a fail. I can't make it happen and it highlights my weakness. I get to the office, I sit down to write a sermon, and I have a blank page and no ideas and nothing to say. I can't do this. I am painfully aware of my inadequacies. I feel my weakness. I go into the news agents. He's an Asian man. He has a mark on his forehead. I'm thinking maybe this is a way into conversation. I wonder what the mark on the forehead. I'm guessing it's something to do with religion. So I ask. He tells me he's a Hindu. And he's been praying in the morning. It helps him to pray. I ask what he believes. Then I run out of ideas. I smile and I pay for my magazine. I walk out thinking I should have said something about what I believe. 
I take 10 steps out of the shop, I have an argument with myself, I turn around, I go back in, I smile, and I blurt out something about, well, I, I didn't actually know that much about Hinduism, I'm a Christian. He smiles, I smile, feel a bit awkward, I turn around, I walk away feeling utterly weak. And I despise my weaknesses. But when I say I despise my weaknesses, I mean I hate the weakness of self. I don't like it. I'm not happy about it. You see, it's easy to conclude that weakness is bad news. That when I'm weak, I'm weak. And it's better in this world to be powerful and to have power. That's what the world round about us thinks. That's what the world round about us tells us. The world thinks that everything is about power. I'm not talking about strength, how much you can bench press. I'm talking about the capacity to get other people to do what you want. I'm talking about strength that has an influence the ability to get the job done. Have you heard this language? The capacity to achieve results, power to make things happen. So in the workplace, we might hear someone talking about a great vision and a plan and then asking the question, who can make this happen? Or at school, the dreaded moment when they pick teams, who's going to be first pick to achieve the result? that the rugby team wants, well, it probably isn't going to be the puny person in the corner. It might be if they're fast and they can catch and run quickly. But it will be dependent on ability. In terms of friends and social circles, who will we turn towards and who will we turn away from? Who is part of our group, our tribe, our tribe, our gang? Those like us, do we move towards those we see as trendy, powerful, having something to offer us? We're going into an interview. We're told to focus on our qualifications, experience, and skills. We don't lead with our weaknesses. And even if we know there's going to be a question about the last time we failed, we've probably got a well-crafted question that deals with that and says what we've learned from that. Hide your weaknesses. Don't talk about them unless you absolutely have to. Young people today, they want to present their best self, which implies that we have weaknesses. But we want to present our best self. There was a trend on Instagram, where you would have Finsta and Rinsta. Rinsta would be your real Instagram account, where certain people would see all the real you. Finsta would be your fake Instagram account, where they would see you presenting something. On YouTube, there's the phenomenon of influencers who have power and strength to influence. The world thinks that everything is about power. The bottom line, we often hear it, is it's up to you. You have it within you to succeed. 
to achieve whatever you want. And it's so common that I think it's easy for us to buy into this, to have this mindset in our daily life, to take it into to, to our studies where we're trying to manage a huge workload, trying to complete course, coursework in time, preparing for exams, trying to bump up from one grade to the other to get what's required. We probably feeling it's down to me could feel the same in the office or the workplace where we've got a deadline to meet. We're managing a team. We have an ever-increasing remit. We're trying to keep our job or to get a promotion. It's up to you. Applying for jobs, interviews, caring for our family, responsibilities, battling health issues, even serving at church. It's up to you. In all these things, if we think that power is within us, where does that mindset lead? Let me sketch it out very quickly as far as I can tell. It starts with, you can do it. I've got this. I can do it because I can achieve anything I want. So, I just need to work hard, get up earlier, go to bed later, make some sacrifices, work with the right people, and I will achieve. Now, I'm not at this moment saying to anybody who wants a get-out that we've not to work hard in life. In other places in the Bible, Paul says, do all that you do with all your strength. But when we're working hard, it's not because we think it's down to me. If we're going down that line of thinking it's down to me, my strength, my talent, my ability, my dedication, my plan, it means we're thinking, I don't need God. Here's a better way in our verses tonight. It's called weakness. Just take a glance through these verses to see uh, what Paul is saying. Even a quick scan will help us to see his emphasis. So in verse 5, I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. In verse 9, but he said to me, speaking of Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, says Paul, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Verse 10, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. Last line, for when I am weak, then I am strong. In these verses, Paul is describing Christian ministry, his Christian ministry, as an apostle of Jesus, but also his Christian life, his life as a Christian. Now, Paul clearly from these verses, if we had more time to get into them in the first half, one to five, he clearly had lots to boast in, an incredible spiritual experience. But he says in verse five, I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. You see, our culture wants to say, be proud of your power, celebrate your strength, Boast about your ability. 
what you have within you. But the Bible is telling us that none of us are self-sufficient. It's telling us that we are dependent creatures, not independent from God. We're sustained by a creator. He is constantly sustaining us so that all the power belongs to him and all the power that we have, ability and talent and strength, what's within has only been given. Here's what Paul learned from Jesus. Verse 9, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Just those, how many words is that? One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six. My grace is sufficient for you. By grace, Paul means God's undeserved kindness and help. Paul has learned that God's undeserved kindness and help, God's undeserved power, is not only how he was saved, but it's how he is equipped for whatever he is facing in life. So when we feel insufficient in daily life and weak, here are words for us to drink in. My grace is sufficient for you. According to Paul, power came from God through his weakness. A reading from the Old Testament, from Judges, I think illustrates this so well. Did you, did you pick up what was going on there? Gideon is about to lead the Israelites into battle, an army into battle. Naturally, what do you want? You want as many soldiers tooled up as you can get, fully armed and ready to go to war. But God says, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into your hands or Israel would boast against me, saying my own strength has saved me. So take away 22,000 from 32,000, and that leaves 10,000. And God still says, too many. Down to 300. The 300 that lapped, I don't know why that is. The 300 that lapped, not the 300, not any who cupped the water to their mouths. I think it, it just shows that it was nothing to do about with them, the soldiers. They just lapped. Don't know, didn't have cups, they just lapped. And I will save you with the 300 and give the Midianites into your army. What is that story illustrating? That they will be delivered, not by their own strength, but by God's strength. God's power through weakness. If you get into the Bible, you will see this again and again and again. Think David, the shepherd boy, facing 
Goliath the giant. And how does victory come? Through the shepherd boy who has a sling and a stone. Victory through weakness. Think Jesus, our crucified Savior. A man on a cross. The message of the cross is foolishness. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. God works through weakness. And so it is in the lives of Christians. That's what Paul had grasped. Rather than be ashamed of weakness, rather to try to cover up, what does he say in verse 9? He says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Rather than despise his weakness, verse 10, what does he say? I delight in weakness. How does he sum it up? For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul paints a picture here. And I want us to try and get it in our mind. Uh, It's like weakness in our lives is like the door for God's power to come to us day by day. Weakness is like the door for God's power to come to us day by day. During prep, I came, preparation for this, I came across a little book called Weakness is the Way, and a very famous old Christian, J.I. Packer, writes this, commenting on these verses. He says, for all Christians, the likelihood is rather that as our discipleship continues, God will make us increasingly weakness conscious and pain aware so that we may learn with Paul that when we are conscious of being weak, then and only then, may we become truly strong in the Lord. When we are conscious of being weak, then and only then, may we become truly strong in the Lord. God works through weakness. We'll only be useful in God's service when we grasp this. This tonight should be incredibly liberating as we start to think about application. It should be, it's, it's so countercultural. God doesn't do things the way the world does things. And as his people, we need to grow more like him. Here's some, some thoughts just about application. The first one is towards what to expect in church. The world will look on at church. It will see a gathering like this, giving up an hour and whatever of your time, as utter weakness. And sometimes we might be here and we might even feel that when numbers are small, when there's other things that seem more pressing. Coming and meeting with your brothers and sisters in small numbers will feel like utter weakness sometimes in our own eyes, and definitely when we talk about it, if we dare, to our friends. 
But I want us to encourage tonight to be those who don't despise weakness. Remember how I started and I said, I just despise my weakness. I despise weakness. I want to encourage as we finish that we don't despise weakness. Here's another application to do with prayer. These verses will help us to pray. They will help us to know what to pray, how to pray, how to pray individually, but also how to pray corporately and to see that as a priority because our weakness and awareness of weakness can only turn us back to God knowing we need him to work in our day-to-day circumstances and to help us as a body of believers. These verses will help us to pray when we feel our weakness. It's a prayer meeting this week. It will actually feel like weakness being there. But it points us to God, our helper. Come. Come and pray. Come and share in the weakness and the work of prayer. A couple more. Friends and relationships. I want us not to despise weakness in others. To realize that we will naturally turn towards some and turn away from others. And that often we will turn towards those who we think can offer us stuff and turn away from those who we think have nothing to offer us. And in those moments, we are showing love with a motive to some, and we're failing to show love to others if we despise their weakness. If we buck that trend... If we um, do things differently, it will be a distinctive witness of love to those around us. And it will be a means by which God can work through us. Within the church family, don't despise weakness. Be ready to be honest about our weaknesses. And never underestimate how much your weaknesses and sharing them can encourage others. And alongside our friends, where the emphasis is to present well, how incredibly distinctive it will be if we are honest with them about our weaknesses. Honest because we are secure, knowing Jesus accepts us even in our weaknesses. In all of life, I guess the key question is, do we celebrate the way God works through weaknesses? I know I struggle to do this. Or are we more likely to cover them up and try to do things in our own strength? In daily life, where we feel stretched, exposed of, an, of our weaknesses, where we know we're failing, 
in work and studies where we feel completely inadequate, will we start to see that that sense of weakness is something to, to not be fearful of, but to know that through weakness, God works. This is the gospel. Jesus did not despise us and our weakness, our failings and our sin. He emptied himself and became weak, nothing, to save those who had nothing and were utterly weak and lost like you and I. So don't despise weakness. It's a better way. Let me pray. Father, please, would you help us to grow ever more clear about our need of you and our dependency upon you to know that there is more to life than just power. And rather than thinking that when we are weak, we are weak, help us to know that because of Christ, trusting in him, when we are weak, then we are strong. Help us please to live this out here at St. John's, and day by day, wherever you have placed us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.